I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to Investpodden with Ronja and Ted, and today's guest is Victoria, the founder of Glossybox. Welcome. Thank you very much. Great to have you here, Victoria. And I didn't tell Ronja this before, but uh, my wife and my daughter is using your products and they love it. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. <laughs> this is so exciting. So wait, you are Swedish, German, but grew up in Canada and you also speak Norwegian. Did I get that right? Yes. So you speak how many languages? Uh, four properly and then I count fifth, a fifth one, semi. And what's, is, and what's the semi? Well, the semi is the, my, actually my German because I speak better French than I do German, even if my wow. mom is German. I'm impressed. But, but um, yeah, I think uh, I don't always get to use all my languages, uh, unfortunately. Um, uh, but that's why we're doing this in English. Because yes. I, I do not speak uh, 100% fluent Swedish. I like to pick my words from all different languages. So I just thought English is at least 100%. <laughs> so that's why we're doing it. Great. So you grew up in Canada. Yes. How come? Um, I grew up in Montreal. Um, and that was really great because I got to be bilingual from a very young age. Uh, that was very much due to my father's work. So it was very much of an expat back, uh, background or upbringing that I had. Um, and due to the fact that the company was Norwegian is why we then moved to Norway. Mm-hmm. Um, and Norway is a home per se because my parents are there, but I really still feel very Swedish um, and very international and, and English speaking. So I, after living in Norway, I moved to the UK. Well, you're a true global citizen, that's for sure. I, 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 I am a true global citizen, but I also feel very proud to be Swedish, and that's why I'm here. Uh, I moved here when I was 25, so that's now seven years ago. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, yeah, trying to, to figure out uh, Sweden. Is Sweden a great place to be an entrepreneur? Absolutely. Um, I think just from um, when I moved here, seven years ago I mean how much has changed with this atmosphere and I was very lucky in when I finished my master's degree at Tannerskolan I got a um, scholarship from Vinova to go to San Francisco and I was in San Francisco for three months working with startups and, and, and learning entrepreneurship at Stanford and I thought you know oh my god San Francisco was so amazing and how you know I, I don't want to leave San Francisco and then you actually realize that within just a couple of years I mean Stockholm has very much transitioned into very much the same entrepreneurial spirit that you can find over over there so I think there are many benefits uh, of being in Stockholm in terms of support as well and and there is so much a competency 
um, available here and support that makes it a wonderful place to be. And, and you're absolutely right. So many things happened for the past seven years here in Stockholm. I mean, a couple of years ago, we didn't have all these startup scenes that we have. And we, now we have a couple of really successful companies. And, and was that the reason? But you came back before that happened, though. Yes, yeah. I, I came back actually um, after having had a career in investment banking. Uh, so I came very much from a big company background um, and a dream to become a stockbroker. Uh, which I did, uh, but that dream was not probably 100% thought through with regards to your key strengths. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I'm, just, I'm thinking about the thing they say sometimes, be careful what you wish for, you might get it. Yeah, and, I, and, it, ha- and it happened uh, with a lot of hard work, but I think you have to be strong enough as well to realize that, you know, if you really want to do something, you need to be passionate about it and you need to be, you need to feel comfortable in the environment you're in. And I felt uh, after two years at JP Morgan, because it was during the financial crisis, uh, that, uh, you know, this was not where I wanted to spend my career. And I always have had a dream to create a a Swedish brand uh, which is based on shoes which is what I do on the side Uh, so but to be able to do that because I'm obviously very international I had to actually maneuver myself back to Sweden Uh, so that's why I came here and I studied marketing so how did you come up with the idea for glossy box Uh, so that one and and also is that only a Swedish brand or do you say glossy box (laughs) worldwide (laughs) no we do we don't we we say glossy box when we joke about it uh, but we say we say glossy box when it's um yeah yeah more (laughs) yes um but um the the idea or glossy box per se is a company we're part of of rocket internet So we're part of a bigger um, e-com venture uh, where we're headquartered in in Berlin. And the idea for for actually beauty boxes and subscription services is something that started in the US um, in 2010. And the the original uh, idea for for Glossy Box or for Birch Box as what it's called uh, stems then from from, uh, two two women who did their MBA about sampling. They looked at beauty products per se because they had such a strong interest in in cosmetics and did an analysis of what the marketing budget looks like today about how much do the big companies put on sampling and how much does it actually drive drive in terms of sales. So the whole concept for sampling, they call it sampling dumping. So if you were to give your samples to um, a a Kix or Sephora, then you know yourself when you go there that you get really annoyed when someone gives you a sample of something and you've bought something else. Um, and, and, but if you effectivize that by making sure that the right person gets the right sample, then you're effectivizing the spend you put on sampling Uh and therefore it makes it effective and sampling per se is the it is the part of the marketing budget in cosmetics that drives the most sales so that's that's how it started um and that stayed in the us and then what we did with glossy box is that we took the concept much further because we worked very much with the experience um glossy box is about self-gifting to yourself it's about a, a, a surprise that you get sent, sent home so a lot about it is the actual packaging per se and i mean that's what we're very very well known for and it's my might look very simple with this five with a beautiful box with five products in it but if people only knew the complexity of it <laughs> yeah it's it's so much more so if i subscribe and my friends subscribe we will get the same items in the box or no that will be that will be based on what we call your beauty profile and that is something that we use and it's very important to understand that because it's not about what you as a consumer you know 
would prefer to get. But it's being able to look at what your base is like, so that when we approach brands, we understand they and they want to launch a product specifically for your hair type or your skin type, then we know how many that could be potential fits for that brand, um, and and that's how the beauty profile works because sometimes that can be misunderstood. But I do not believe that you can ever meet expectations with what people always want and because then we'd be looking at I mean we have over 55,000 subscribers in Sweden today we'd have to have 55,000 different box versions every month to satisfy our glossy box subscribers and that's unfortunately not uh, operationally feasible yet but once when you came up with the idea uh, okay it's a great idea and a lot of people have great ideas how do you start because this is huge yeah, where do you start <laughs> yeah, where, well, yeah, where do you start I, I think that is always the overwhelming question that you have to break into many different parts I mean when we launched Glossy Box here again we are part of a bigger venture but there was more that there was a fundamental um concept in place uh, but there was nothing else and there was also an initial I would say loan that we got um, so that we could actually launch to pay the first salaries to to pay for the first uh, I mean warehouse the packet packaging all these fundamental things so of course you when you start you do need capital ca- capital I mean that's fundamental to anyone but when you but, met them you only had an idea in a presentation you didn't have a no, product no 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 there was no product yet um and and I think that's 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 it either you first create the product or you create the concept I think just because we are first and foremostly a concept you couldn't really create a product first because with my shoes which I do on the side I design shoes well I mean there I have to create a product first but with glossy box because we our model is based on a very banal box which requires five beauty products which we need to get from someone else then there isn't really a product that you can show there's just a concept and idea and that model of course with the fact of being able to show its profitability etc over time and the potential it has is what got the money in the beginning but that that was fundamentally uh, it I think that's fantastic and so what what actually happened so you had this idea and you knew it had worked in the US and there'd been some research done on it and how did you know you're going to launch it in Sweden was Sweden the best market to launch it and how did you know to approach Rocket Internet or someone else? Where did you start? Um, I think Sweden was a very attractive market to go into, um, just because it is a it is a you know it's a it's a small market, uh, of course, as with many things, but the consumer is very. Um, Polest, sorry, now it comes to yeah, educated, <laughs> educated or, and, no, and, 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 in, and in the know, yes. um, and of course has a, has a potential to, to spend money. Yeah, um, and then given the fact that Glossy Box is all about word of mouth, uh, I mean, this is we are what we have done is to create a, a a marketing channel for beauty brands that is based on word of mouth advocacy and social media. So. I think perfect, like Sweden is the perfect market because we're so in the forefront of social media, which not has not happened in the same markets it's in otherwise. Or I mean, that development is only maybe coming now. We were we were first with it in many ways, and what is important to understand with just the power of the social media channel was within the first year, uh, we grew from zero subscribers to twenty five thousand. Wow! And that's an insane. That's I mean, amazing. That, that is, well, it's very stressful. Um, <laughs> so, you should see you should see her face expression there. It's very stressful. <laughs> of course it is. But also, you were one of the first companies to use influencers in Sweden. Yes. Uh, I remember this. I remember when you did that. And I was like, oh, that's so smart. Because um, it, it's I, I that's when I knew it. I was like, this is the future of marketing. <laughs> is that, marketing has changed. And I, I was just thinking, 
are those things that you came up with? Was that just great education at Handelshög School? And where, where did the idea come from no, in terms of marketing? No, I think that came from um, being able to pick up on the trend mm. and having also a product that fits on influencers. Right. Um, and I think that's the key thing because certainly not at that point. And specifically we talk about, I mean, again, we, we are we only exist because we have beauty brands that put products in our box. But when we were approaching brands to begin with, I mean, social media, they didn't even know what it was. So when you talked influencer and, and a blog, because there was no Instagram then, there was Facebook and blogging. Um, it's so easy to forget. It's so you easy know, to forget. And, it's and not the year so before that, we didn't have iPhones. No. And, you know, no. It's so it was so it, so crazy. Either you feel extremely old now and you talk about the... <laughs> I do, by the way. <laughs> it, it's not so long ago. Yeah. But then it was very frightening because they couldn't brands couldn't comprehend you know what do you mean you're supposed to send out a box and what do you mean a influencer is supposed to put this up on the blog what is that and like and somebody's gonna care I remember it, this oh yeah. my god and when then when you try to explain this on no this is the future of marketing it's about talking to, to your friends and, and sharing with it and that was just completely unheard of and it's really and, and it's really really hard to explain to anyone who doesn't read blogs who don't understand social media they just think it, this is a crazy concept yeah, it's a crazy concept and but, now so, we can also them notes what did I tell you yeah but that's it I mean that's that's why you have to I mean with the whole struggle of this it's always been about proving it's been about proving the concept and showing how effectful it is and i mean why we have grown has been of course due to the 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 social media influx in the beginning it allowed us to grow as we did but again we cannot grow without the brands that are with us so it's always been a matter of like trying to get the whole beauty industry on board and it's a very very traditional industry which you wouldn't think because there's so much innovation in, in beauty but but marketing wise it's the slowest moving industry absolutely possible but wow. is influencers and social media still the way to go or has it changed already i think it has changed a lot i think that um um, due to the fact that the amount of influencers has increased over the years, I mean, you you are more picky with regards to who you actually feel you are following. So, uh, and that also, I feel as a company, you need to be more um, careful with who you work with, because I also think you have a responsibility with regards to what you are promoting or who you're promoting it to and that comes with knowledge and it comes with experience so i would say uh, we as a company given now the big influencer that we are i mean with fifty-five thousand women and the community that we have i think we are actually the influencer i mean that has shifted mm. in many ways because we are now have to take care of our uh, yeah our followers um, and we are very careful that we work with partners and influencers that we feel are aligned with our values um, and that has come as a shift I would say the last one and a half year interesting so how did you find the right team to work with? When because, Was this your idea initially or were you no, a group the, of people? We were three three here in Sweden that founded it. Um, and the, the idea, like I said, the concept was set from Glossy Box. Okay. Um, just, but it's a matter of when you go in in the rocket sphere, you are the entrepreneur. So you, you have the, it's not like the concept is set. It's like, here is a fundamental concept and Either you sink or you float. Uh, if you sink, well, you know, you're not here tomorrow. So you just have to survive. 
And to survive, then you need to fight and you need to find ways that you're supposed to develop this concept. So what's interesting with Glossybox is that we are present in 10 markets now internationally. When we launched, we were in 25 25 markets internationally. It it didn't work in most of the markets because the market entry was not right, either because the team was not right to do the execution or because um, the market itself was not ready. It it didn't have the influencers, it didn't have the e-com set up, etc. So now it's in 10 markets and each market is very profitable. But each market has developed to have their own strategy in the markets they're in. And what we did from the start was that we went in to become a very strategic player for the industry. That was a lot due to my own background. I mean, I I have a marketing background. I absolutely love data. Uh, And I could see because I used to work at L'Oreal. So I I learned very much what the marketing budget looked like. And I, I tried to figure out from that, okay, where can I go in to make sure that we have a reason for being in the industry and and have worked for the last five and a half years, just to keep proving that industry and the reason for being. And if you don't have that right vision from the start, then it's only backfires now at a point where you're growing, going from five years to you know a young company. You're not so much a startup mode anymore, but you have to transition it to something that is even long term. And if you haven't had that vision right from the start, it's very difficult to change it now and, and, and to be that power player. What challenges have you faced on the way? Because you mentioned a few. Maybe it wasn't my right market fit, my right team. Uh, what else happened on the way? Because we know it's not just a, a happy uphill climb. Never easy. Is. Yeah. Um, I think most of it has been because we are dealing with emotions. Um, it's a very, very engaging model. Um, we absolutely love our glossies. Um, we we have an enormous respect for them because they they tell us exactly what they feel. So, but you have a responsibility with those emotions, and if you do not meet them or you do not meet them on the right level that they expect, you can very quickly go downhill. Um, so I would say that the, the, the obstacles has been. It has never been obstacle because we've been very good at acting and reacting very quick, but. Uh, when, I mean, for example, a product ships out and our glossies don't like it or something can go wrong in, in the transport, you know, yeah. they can get, you can actually also damage a brand because we have a responsibility to market the brands that are in the box. And if something goes wrong on our end that we are not in control of, it, mistakes can happen, but you have to rectify them very quickly and overcome the but expectations. But how do you do that? That? that is very much done on an individual basis based on what product it is. I mean, when we we have a word for this, and I'm not sure if I can say it on an, uh, on the pod, but I can say it anyway. And it's called we call it the shitstorm <laughs> uh, in social media, and that's really when 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 something goes very wrong, and and we have ready to pop the question. The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And one example of, of this where we had a very ecological um, lip balm that featured in our, in our box. Now, this ecological lip balm should not have been shipped out in January when it was very cold because then the molecules in the lip balm being ecological froze. This was not something that the brand was even aware of, but this wonderful lip balm was supposed to smell fruity. But when it then reached our glossies and they were trying to sniff it on YouTube, which they do because they do it on boxing videos, and they're reading a product card and it says it's supposed to smell raspberry and they're like... <laughs> It doesn't smell anything. Then you begin to wonder, hang on, what has what has gone on here? What what? And then it more and more, and it goes so quick. And then all of a sudden, everyone is saying, "Glossy box, this doesn't smell." <laughs> and then it just comes this bad will. And then it's you like have an avalanche. To, it's an avalanche. Yeah. And then and then you have to deal with that very very quickly. And you have to deal, of course, with the damage control for the brand. You have to figure out what has gone wrong. And and for the brand who didn't know this as well, this is also a way for them to product, to test and develop their product because thanks to the feedback they got from that, they were able to take it back to production, find out that, okay, you should never ship this product at whatever minus degrees it was. But no the, one could ever have known that. And, no one and, could have known. And that's, no. the power, that's the power of the model because it's, it's the power of the consumer. Yeah, but also um, I'm thinking that the leverage you have with all these fantastic community people you have in there, they can just as easily turn sour if the emotions are not met. Yes. And the expectations are yep. not met. And you have an enormous uh, um, responsibility to do so, that right. So I have to ask, so does that mean, do you take phone calls? So is everything on email or on social media? Do you need respond immediately? Are you there like 24-7? Or? Yeah, we have a, a very dedicated uh, customer care team. Um, and I, we don't actually call them customer care. Uh, I call them my CIA team, um, customer uh, insight analyst, because um, especially in our model, um, where it is our customer's uh, care team that is the closest to our glossies, and they are the face of Glossybox. And in many ways, I believe that is forgotten a lot of times in, 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 in companies. Um, so they have to always be at the forefront to be able to respond to the glossies and, and meet it immediately. And especially when these things happen, I mean, we can sit, and it, it has actually, very strangely, it somehow happens Friday nights, you know, when everyone is prepared to go home and they're like, no, 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 we all have to go into the meeting room now and we need a crisis meeting and we're going to solve it. Ooh, oh. and it's Friday <laughs> night. Unfortunately, it doesn't. It, it, I mean, fortunately, it does not happen very often. But these type of experiences are very worthwhile because you feel alive and oh, you, yeah. you feel the power of this mm. community and their emotions. Ah, oh, yes. So, did, uh, sorry, yeah. that, did you see a need in the market or did you create a new uh, behavior? With the boxes? Both. 
both because there's that's what makes this model interesting because it's it's a B to B to C model. So we are one face towards the beauty industry, which is how we get the products in the box, and we are one face towards the consumer because it's a way it's a new way for you to experience beauty. So so we have changed both behavior as well as we've we've revolutionized the way the beauty industry does the marketing, and that's very important to understand because we we. Um, not many people actually know what happens when we get the products in the box. They just think they're there. That's not the case. There's a whole element of marketing strategy behind that, which is, again, where the whole L'Oreal thing comes in about how do you actually effectivize your marketing while marketing budgets are not increasing. Did your background at L'Oreal help when you need to get all the brands on board? Yes, it certainly helped from a level of credibility um, because this was the first time, I mean, you actually had to prove yourself and yourself. I mean, you you can go to good schools and you can work for great companies, but you're always hiding behind, you know, an, a name. Uh, and this was the first time, uh, which has been the key learning aspect, I feel, where I actually had to prove myself because when you had to cold call in the beginning and you're like, I'm from Glossy Box, I'm launching a box. And they're like, <laughs> go away. Uh, that takes an, an um, it's, you have to really really fight and of course if I could go in and say well I've worked at L'Oreal you know this gave it at least an element of assurance plus I mean it helped on developing partnerships as well but just that first part of fighting and proving yourself that has that has built character because and I'm I mean, guessing you needed a brand first to even create the box yeah, before you could send exactly. it to someone and, and, so how do you even and do we that? Had, and we had one month to do it. That's what it's so... One month? Yeah, we all came aboard uh, in November and we launched our first box. I think it was on the... We sent it out on the 13th of December. And had we not sent out that first box, then Glossy Box wouldn't have existed because that's, that's the reality of the rocket internet world. And that first month of trying to collect those products... And, and, and getting, I mean, these relations, I mean, you had to figure out at L'Oreal, I mean, you're working with just L'Oreal brands. Then there's, I mean, a whole industry of brands and people you have to start to contact. I mean, it was very much about cold calling and, and, and really, really fighting. And, and how then, do you do that? Do you call the reception and be like, hey, so yeah. I have this idea and I don't know who to talk to. And can you send me through to someone to talk to? Exactly. <laughs> and I absolutely hated it. Really? I absolutely wow. hated it. But, 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 but it built character. It must have. And was it the deadline that pushed you through? that you wanted to succeed and you had a deadline to do it? Or, yes. So that helped a lot to have yeah, that, that deadline? Yeah, that, that, that did, because it created panic. But, 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 panic. <laughs> but, but focus, focus panic that you knew that you had to achieve. And you want to know something very interesting. The last uh, product that we closed for that box, uh, we started to pack on, mon- on a Monday, and that one was closed on a Friday afternoon at 5 p.m. And that <sighs> evening, I had to catch my flight to to Lisbon because I was doing my graduation from Hundreds and I was like it has to, I, I, otherwise I can't graduate <laughs> it was, yeah it was really really tight on that, that sounds, sounds really stressful crazy. it was wow. crazy it's the first time I heard the term panic in the positive <laughs> you know sense I, I have to ask another question in terms of what you learned so far because it seems like that industry you're in it's a lot of emotions and a lot of other things it was business to business as well yeah. Um, do, do you think that other business to businesses could learn from what you're doing? Because I don't see them working so much with ambassadors or emotions or expectations as I I feel that you were talking about. Yeah. What do you think? I definitely think so, but and I think well, I think it depends on if you are very much. I think we're transitioning towards. I mean, when you are a B two B player, I mean, you still have to deliver something to your client 
which is B2C. So, but if you're lacking the B2C element in what you're doing, then you're not, you're limiting what you can actually offer your partner. So I definitely think that there's a lot that we can, I mean, our model can contribute with regard to that because we are so close to our, to the consumer as well. Hmm. And that makes us so successful because there are very few models that can actually cater to both worlds. That, that's true. And I heard someone say the other day that we were talking about the other Swedish companies like Volvo, SKF and Husqvarna and I was talking B2B and they said, well, wait a minute, all those are B2C. And I said, what do you mean? They said, well, it's B2B to B2B to B2C because at some point there's a C in there, there's a person behind it. Mm-mm. It's very, very true. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like people could learn from your experience here. Yeah, no, I, I mm-hmm. hope so. Yeah, <laughs> But then, okay, so you created the box for women and obviously everybody knows what this is, so you succeeded. We, and we have a, a 9 out of 10 brand awareness in, in Sweden. Which is huge. Yeah, wow. for, five years, huge. for five years. It's quite an accomplishment. But now you created a box for men, right? Yes. The men box has actually been around since 2013. But the problem has been, when, when this is what makes it super exciting why uh, is that i mean we launched it but the problem then was i mean men were not viral i mean they're still not to the same extent but there's actually there also ha- happen a transition so when we launched the man box it was a strategic sampling tool as we called it that meant like get men to actually try products and educate them um or educated something tool. Uh, but then the last one and a half year, I mean, it's become more and more okay for men to actually, what we do call unbox their box, which means they Instagram it or they do their YouTube videos and they get excited about that the man box is here. And you think, okay, well then, you know, we're we are slowly moving things ahead. But you can never move things ahead unless the market is, the trend is with you. And that's why we've been on standstill in many ways with the man box because if you if the men aren't talking and what drives us is is word of mouth advocacy then you can only be a sampling tool until the word of mouth effect kicks in and that's what we sort of learned now i mean we i i, I know at what point it happened with glossy box the, the female version and now it's fun to see what at what point will that actually kick in for the men so. but it, there are also fewer products since men don't use as much makeup nail polish there there's less categories in the box I mean, you're less varied, um, and also because you're less varied, because men or beauty brands do not readily have samples in the same way as you have for female products. But that's also changing, and that's why you always have to look at the supply and the demand when you do this, because we are so dependent on our beauty brands as well. But that is certainly changing, and it's also what has been very fun, and what I love to see is how we are part of of the trends. So I mean, we've had in the same way as we've been through all the hair oils possible for Glossy Box, all the dry shampoos you can imagine and our glossies are saying just stop with the dry shampoo you know now it's the same with men they're like now we have beard oils i mean we've had beard oils in every single box and you're like no but men beard don't even grow that fast but (laughs) 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 it's it's the trend and and we're on the trend and I, i think that's incredibly exciting so there's more and more man brands that are appearing these last couple of years, which is really fun to see. That's but fantastic. you are also a shoe designer. Yes. And before we started this interview, you said that that's where your heart is really at because you love designing shoes. That's what you always wanted to do. Yes. And now you're doing it. So where can we find your shoes? Uh, my shoes are available on, on my own website and they're available on one shop uh, in Östermalm. And uh, what's your website? Uh, VictoriaSankPeel.com. And uh, what type of dis- uh, shoes do you design? So uh, I design high-end, um, very comfortable, elegant shoes. 
Um, and so what, heels? Heels, yes, but actually... As so something of, for Ted? I'm kidding. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> I love <laughs> heels. I've, uh, no, as of this year, uh, with my coming autumn collection, I've extended so I have a whole range. Uh, but my, my shoes is very much... Um, it's a way for me to help. I would like to position Sweden globally in terms of high-end shoe design with my international background and the understanding I have about shoes. I used to be a classical ballet dancer before my investment banking career. Wow, you've done so many things. Yeah. So uh, I, I work with ballet technique um, and an understanding of lines on legs in how I incorporate the actual functionality of the shoe. Uh, so my focus the last one and a half year, I mean, I've only been doing it for one and a half year, has been really much on my product development. And my next step now is the actual branding and being able to 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 transmit the actual world that I'm trying to inspire to. Okay, so now you have this idea, you want to do shoes, where do you start? Uh, well, that was again where Glossy Box came in to be such a wonderful school. I think many people can do MBAs in, in entrepreneurship and I don't believe that is the case. I don't think you need to go to Harvard and do an MBA in entrepreneurship. I think you should go to Rocket Internet, I mean, School of Internet. That's why I advocate. Uh, but you have to start in very much the same same way of breaking down to very, very initial steps um, and not to get overwhelmed about it and I think specifically if you're doing something for yourself you have to you have to go back to the same thing as in the beginning are you create uh, do you start with the brand or do you create the product in our case I mean with my shoes it's a physical product so I have to start with making sure that my product is the quality I want it to be and that I've developed what it is supposed to be uh, and that was different from Glossy Box because there we had to create the experience and a brand and I think that once, in my case, once I have the product in place, which I do, and it's a high-quality product, now I do the brand with it, because but, that goes together. Okay, but when once you you okay, so you've done the drawing, and then did you call someone and say, "Hey, hi, I want to yeah, make so this I shoe mean, happen." <laughs> I've, I've, I mean, I I've always had an interest, so I've I've learned to draw shoes. I I, I sketch shoes, uh, which I did when I was living um, in Italy, and I knew that because I was going to create a a, a high-end product. It had to be in, in Italy because that is the place for shoemaking. For sure. <laughs> uh, but but there as well, I mean, you have to have a pitch ready for what you and a vision. I mean, I always had a vision very clear, but of course, that is something that you're always working on when you're starting with it. I don't believe it will ever be done. Uh, and then y you have to just contact. So I contacted over 100 factories in Italy, and I think I got a reply from five. And I found one then that was actually, uh, or you, one that I felt like oh, this is a partner I want to work with because when you do shoes, it's different from maybe clothes or many other. It is such a functional product where there's such a craftsmanship in it. And what I'm doing is I'm really, really taking it back to creating a shoe that is comfortable. I mean, there are shoes and there are shoes and my shoes are shoes um, and much more. Uh, so I had to really feel a, a confidence in the factory I was working with. And that actually came from the fact that my contact person there also used to be a ballet dancer. So when I was transmitting my vision, she could understand it. And that is so much what you realize is is when you're designing shoes or creating, you, you have a vision, but the actual implementation of it is done with the factory. And that requires an, an enormous amount of respect. And it's highly, um, again, you have no idea how much work it is. Oh, so. I can only imagine. Wow. No, yeah. seriously, I've yeah. always sort of have, had this and, dream and about I'm, creating shoes myself. And so I'm also I, impressed respect. by that you say how much work it's in that part, but you also just just flew over that you contacted 100 <laughs> manufacturers and found five of them. That's a hard work by itself. 
it, and that and that is thanks to Glossy Box because had I not done that buddy cold calling in the beginning there, then I wouldn't have known how to do it. So it's it's always I honestly believe every experience you have builds on itself, and even how crappy it is, then you know you always learn something you learn from something. it. Something. Do you have any tips to anyone who's listening who wants to be an entrepreneur and wants to do all these cool things? Where to start? Um, I think you have to start with yourself. Um, like I said, I mean, I I come from a a big company background. I've I've been at J.P. Morgan. I've been at L'Oreal. Um, it started with me realizing and actually questioning myself: Is this the place I want to be? Because you can, of course, get very um, overshadowed by this wonderful world and the money and how wonderful it is to run on the trading floor. I mean, it is fantastic fun, but you start with asking yourself: Is this what I want to be? Is this where I want? Yeah. To do, and 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 then uh, depending, I look at my brain functions like a Gantt chart, and it's like yes, no, okay. If yes, then you know, do something about it. So, <laughs> in my case, that meant starting to maneuver myself. To, then I was in finance. I was like, okay, well, I have to move to marketing. Then at least I have to learn that. Okay, what am I going to do then? Right, I need to go to do a master's degree in marketing. Right, I want to make a Swedish brand. Right, move yourself to Sweden. You know, it's extremely. Do, 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 do. Step by step execution, but you said before that you don't have to go to Harvard. Uh, is this possible to do without an education? Yes, I think that if you are a street smart person and you have enough um, confidence in yourself, enough drive, I believe that anyone can do it. Um, but you really have to have a reason for wanting to do it because there's so much sacrifice in it uh, that that you have to always be a hundred percent secure that it's what you want to do. Um, and I think that if you if you are ever in doubt on that part, then you shouldn't do it because I do believe that time is limited in life, and if you have any doubt on it, then you shouldn't do it because I think you sacrifice a lot. Great! Wow, great words. Thank you so much for coming today. Yeah, thank you. and Fantastic sharing your story. You. Yeah, thank absolutely. You. Thank, thank you. you for being here. Good luck with all your ventures. Thank yes. you very much. As we say at Glossy Box, stay glossy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Investpodden with Ranja and Ted. Please follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And feel free to contact us at ranja at investpodden.se. Have a great day, guys. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 